Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected. We are live from DRJ Fall in Phoenix at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge Resort and Spa. I keep wanting to say hotel. Don't forget the spa, Alex. Yes, don't, don't forget, forget the, the spa. spa. And of course, I'm with my good friend, colleague, and co-host today, James Green. James, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Uh, happy to be here. Alex, you and I have a lot to talk about. You've been... Um, you like keeping me up at night with your mysterious bumps in the night. Uh, very excited to be here. Thank you to the Voice America team. They've been working hard for hours now to get us on air. It's very exciting. We do want to start off, um, you know, today being September 11th, we want to acknowledge that and, and take a moment, you know, for the, for the friends and family uh, of people who, lost loved ones today. Uh, and there's a lot of us out there, myself, including, we want to let you know that those people, while they, they may be gone, they will never be forgotten. They're always in our hearts. So thank you for, for taking some time today on nine 11 to, to spend the day with us. We are very appreciative of that. Yes. So we do have, you see a new logo on the, the background here. So we want to introduce our first sponsor. Uh, so this hour of the broadcast is sponsored by Speak and Spark, which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. a little bit today. Speak and Spark is the speaker bureau marketplace connecting event leader with speakers, trainers, and consultants in the cybersecurity business continuity, disaster recovery, emergency management, and resilience fields. That's, that's a lot, Alex. Uh, their mission is connect audiences to experts, which sparks knowledge and fosters learning. So thank you, Speak and Spark. Thank you, Speak and Spark. For sponsoring this first hour. Speaking of which, Alex, we should talk about Speak and Spark. We are a little familiar. Just... Just with them, because with uh, along with <clears throat> Lynette Holsinger, we bought Speak and Spark. We are speaking. We are speaking Spark. So let's talk about. Uh, we always love to talk about taking risks. We've got a few minutes before yes. our first guest, so I'd love to hear before our guest why you took the risk of buying Speak and Spark, and then maybe after our first guest, I'll talk about why I think we took the risk to buy Speak and Spark. Well, I had a couple of reasons. Uh, one is, uh, I was looking for something different, but still in our uh, industry, you know, you can only do so many BIAs and test, you know, and BCPs before you get a little bored. So I was already looking for something different and thinking something different. Then when, uh, we saw the email, it, it kind of triggered, Oh, there's a chance of doing something here. And then when you had the same thought and you and I had already been doing things together, I thought, well, there's a trusted source here that I could do something with. You had the same thought, though I'm not, I don't know about the trust part, but, you know, hey, and so it kind of, you know what, if I take this risk, 
I'm taking this risk with someone who already understands risk and has a different skill set than I do already. And I thought, well, that's a good balance because I like, well, James saw me freak out you know, before the, 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 <laughs> we'll the live broadcast. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, you know, <laughs> and James has his skill set. And I thought I can really work with James and learn some new things from him. So I thought this is well worth the risk. And we both had lots of ideas as we went back and forth. And that's why I thought, you know what, no matter what, let's move forward with this. Let's do something. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of interesting that both Alex and I were actually members of Speak and Spark. You can sign up for free as a member, speakandspark.com. We are both speakers and members of Speak and Spark. So we got an email uh, that the, the founder, Holly, who has been incredible to work with during this process, was looking for someone to maybe take Speak and Spark to the next level. I was actually, I think I was in watching a movie at the time. And I texted you and I was like, Hey, what do you think about, we should, you know, explore this opportunity. And here we are. Um, I don't know if it's scarier to buy a company or to start a company. I've done both in the last two years. Maybe the lessons learned have been very different, but just like you, uh, as anyone who watches our Thursday thoughts knows, or knows me in general, I like to take risk. Uh, speak and spark we felt fits phenomenally well with the other things that we do like our broadcasts and our, our consulting um, and your podcasts uh, and we really saw you know um, the the founder and owner had had built this great company and there's a lot of opportunities to grow it to the next level which were her wishes as well and we love that it is a speakers bureau for people in our profession. You and I are very passionate about this profession, our profession. We live it. We love it. We want to be able to give back to it as well. So we think there's a great synergy with Speak and Spark and the rest of what we do. And there's going to be a lot more to come. We've got a lot of plan. I've been looking at the roadmap we have for Speak and Spark for Q4 of 2023. Uh, and I guess we're not sleeping <laughs> until <laughs> I guess we're not sleeping until New Year's. So that's going to be we're very excited. Um, uh, we've had a tremendous reaction to the announcement and, and the press release and had a lot of questions last night. I was here at the opening reception, which we'll get to after our, our guest uh, Heidi joins us in a few minutes. And all anybody wanted to talk to me about was Speak and Spark. They didn't want to talk to me about Illuminate Advisory. They didn't want to talk to me about the Resilience Think Tank. For some reason, they didn't want to talk to me about my fantasy football team. Uh, I've never played fantasy football before. My son asked if we could start uh, a fantasy football league, football for Americans, American football. I have no idea what I'm doing, just like most of our businesses, <laughs> but we now run uh, a fantasy football league. Nobody wanted to talk to me about fantasy football, Alex. They wanted to talk about Speak and Spark. And so I think yeah. it just shows you the passion that our colleagues have about the industry and their desire to be thought leaders and to be speakers and to give back to our profession as well. And the support that they're actually showing us just by asking us questions. <clears throat> Absolutely. Know, I think that's a, a, a great sign too. And it fuels us. To like, Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're, we're on the right course. We took the right risk. Now, can we do it? Because <laughs> we do have a very long list of things we want to do, don't we? 
we did the the easy part, I guess. Uh, yeah. Due diligence and and contracts and negotiations um, all went very smoothly. Everyone, I think, was all focused, all all of us on you know helping Speak and Spark the best way possible. That was the easy part, and uh, now is the the fun part. Yeah. I guess we've had some technical issues. I will say assigning uh, email and security accounts from one person to another. For those of you out there who are curious, very complicated. Uh, the there. systems are set up that they do not want someone else to take over those systems, which is fantastic from a security standpoint, not fantastic when you're trying to reassign administrators. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we've got, uh, like I said, we've got lots of ideas, uh, things that we want to, uh, implement, develop. Uh, we've already got a couple of people that are going to be helping us out with that and taking a look and giving us some advice on uh, what we can do and uh, what we can't do uh, potentially. So a uh, big shout out to Jerry. Um, he'll Thank never, you. he'll never see this. So uh, <clears throat> I can say Jerry. <laughs> and Lynn, we also want to uh, mention Lynette too, as well who's helped us out uh, going through a lot of uh, some of all these contracts that you mentioned as well. Yes. And Thank keeping you. us both calm at yes. times. Yes. Absolutely. James better than I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, we're here at DRJ fall. So let's, let's talk about DRJ fall. We are here at the lovely, as you mentioned, the JW Marriott desert resort, uh, mm-hmm. desert Ridge resort and spa. There's a lot of words in there. Yeah. Uh, this is the, we first, you and I first met at this conference. We did. Many years ago. Was it 18 or it, it was pre-COVID, so it was a lifetime ago. Yeah. I don't remember. Whatever <laughs> it was, it was, you know, in the before days. That's um, true. And so here we are back. This is, as everyone knows, this is my favorite conference hotel. They've done a ton of renovations here in the last um, 12 months and there are, uh, water slides, which yes, I did participate in and have fun on Thursday and Friday. The water slides are amazing. Conference is amazing. Uh, got some great numbers from Bob Arnold at DRJ. He said 650 people are here. Wonderful. There's over 71, um, speakers and, uh, 50 sessions. So we're going to talk about that more in a bit. I Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. So our first guest today is Heidi Hanna. Heidi, oh, welcome. Thank and you. I want to remind everybody that may have seen some of our live broadcasts back in 2018, if I recall. Oh. Heidi was my very first live broadcast guest back then, too. I was. I and I'm remember. excited to be back. Nothing's happened since 2018, really, right? No, Nothing. It just seems like a five-year sabbatical. And... Exactly. Exactly. Why talk about stress and resilience right now? Exactly. So how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Well, I shared this morning um, in the session that I'm kind of actually coming out of a little bit of a sabbatical. I call it a semi-sabbatical because I was still working, but... Um, just so much going on, you know, 2019, 2020, and mm. without getting into all the intimate details, I just had personal storms right and left at the same time while trying to show up for my clients. So I, I changed my life a little bit. I slowed down and moved in with my mom. Not everyone can do that, but that's a good option if you can make that happen and live rent free for a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, just actually within the last month, moved from San Diego, California, which I still love very much, up to Liberty Lake, Washington, small little town between Spokane, Washington, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho to be what? close to family. But that is, well, I've actually been to Coeur d'Alene, so that's, that is a small area. So yeah. that's very, that's a lot. So tell us about, um, you were the opening keynote speaker yes. this morning. The, the reaction afterwards from the, the audience was like, they were freaking out, I guess. They thought you're <laughs> you a lot of positive reaction yeah. Yeah. from the audience. For those of us, uh, the audience who weren't in attendance today, can you share with us a bit about what the, the theme of your, yeah. your talk was? Yeah, of course. Um, well, thank you for sharing positive feedback. And to me, probably one of the best things I hear from people, and I was grateful to hear this a few times this morning, was I really didn't want to be there but I'm so glad I did. And I felt like you were talking to me. So I, I can relate to that. You know, there's so much that we try to pack into these conferences and yes. it can be hard yeah. to just stop and think about ourselves. And to have that morning slot. Oh my gosh. It's, I, I think morning, actually, I have to say, I think morning is better than right before cocktail hour. Agreed. To be honest, because people, especially the first day, they're still kind of fresh and ready to go by the end. They're like, oh, fat enough. Um, but it was a good spot to be in because I really wanted to set the tone for thinking about resilience in a little bit of a different way. Um, I titled this one, uh, Stress Mastery for Systemic Resilience. And even thinking about 
systemic in a new way, being about the human system and how we function. And so having been around DRJ for the last five years or so, you know, I'm so impressed by all the tools and programs and trainings and things that we have, the tangible things to put into place for people. But I always question what's on the receiving end, right? How is the brain going to actually absorb new information? Um, How are we proactively training just how we show up and how we think in those moments that are particularly strong? So I got to talk a little bit about my favorite thing, which is stress and how stress impacts <laughs> the brain and the body. Um, and to also be thinking about, you know, how we put our own oxygen mask on first. How are we showing up? Are we creating those recharge breaks for people to really optimize their energy? And, and also thinking about energy versus time. I think that's really important because we focus so much on kind of cramming more content into the time that we have and not as much about whether or not we're off oscillating so that, you know, we can do something with that. It's not just Mm -hmm. how much we can share, but what's being absorbed and retained, you know, so that when it matters most, people actually have access to that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think we've seen a lot of people reset over the last few years where we're all conditioned just to say, yes, Mm -hmm. can you do this? Yes. Do you have time for this? Yes. Can you take this project? Yes. Can you do this? Yes, yes, yes. And like you said, you get into... Uh, a mode of quantity mm-hmm. over quality. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a hyperness that goes with that. Even as I'm listening to you say that, I feel in my body that anxiety rush that now so many people have considered just normal. That's just how everyone feels. Yeah. And just because that's how everyone feels doesn't mean that's how we have to feel. So there's a different way to kind of program ourselves to do things differently, but it also comes down to habits. Like what are the rituals and routines and habits that we put in? Because if we don't do that, like we're not going to take the time to say, should I say yes? Or should I say no? Why should I say yes? Why should I say no? We're just going to go to the automatic patterns, you know, that we've done for so long that don't work. And I think in my presentation, the part that I get excited about is helping people understand that from a physiological perspective, like why the brain operates that way, why the nervous system operates that way. So it's not seen as a weakness, but it's really seen as this, again, programming that we can um, change in, in a more productive way. That's why I brought it over. I'd love to get your thoughts. <laughs> I brought this over for a reason. I wasn't texting I while you were here. Over I no, I brought it over specifically <laughs> thoughts on, uh, cause I know the, the cell phone is one of those, um, time sinks or yeah. for me, stress things like we have become accustomed to, uh, if someone texts me or emails, they get a response immediately. So that's what I was thinking when you said like things that we've gotten that are now normal shouldn't be. Um, And so my family, we have tried to starting at dinner time, the phone goes away Mm -hmm. for those couple of hours. And it's, it's unnerving how difficult it was to break that habit of not texting Alex back at six fifteen. Like, does, does it, are we? Do we need to? Be, do I need an email right now? Can it wait yeah. until uh, later at night? Or you know, do people even wait until the next morning to work anymore? So I'd love to get your thoughts when you when you talk about those those stressors and those new normals. What's mm-hmm. your thought on on this guy? 
here and how that affects us. Yeah. I could spend so much time talking about that, uh, the challenges and some of the things that we're doing to improve um, our kind of tech savvy. There's a whole new field actually uh, around digital wellness that I think okay. is amazing. I've got some colleagues that started a training program. I got certified in it. I just think it's really important. And you bring up one of the most important things, I think, which is communication, like actually figuring out from people what the expectations are. So within an organization, we talk about having a communication charter, but you build that together by finding out what works best for people and what their expectations are. Um, I, I think it's in my book, Stressaholic, I talk about this because we've become so used to it. We don't feel good without it just like detoxing from caffeine or sugar or alcohol, right? So it's going to take a little bit of time, but we can start to set um, some boundaries. I call it beats, but boundaries around, you know, how much are we using it, putting it aside, whatever that might be. Expectations are huge and we can just share those with people. I have people I know I'm going to hear back from within 30 seconds. My dad's one of them. Like he's just constantly, 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 and then tells me to relax. You know, I'm like, hello, I learned it from you. You know, um, I have another really good friend, Sean, where if I I sent him a text or email or anything. I don't expect to hear from him within a week, to be honest. Okay. And it doesn't make me value him less. And I don't think he values me less. It's just, he's at a different pace. And so sometimes I even challenge myself. This happened to me actually, when I went back to my hotel room, I saw a text from a friend that's going to be in town and saw that I was here and wants to connect. And I immediately wanted to respond. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to actually wait for a few hours. I actually don't know if I want to get together, to be honest with you. So my first thought was just give a white lie, you know, and just say, I don't want to get together. And gosh, I hope she never watches this um, or listens to this. But, um, but the point is, let me, let me take some time and think about that. Um, obviously for parents, they're kind of working in a different time frame where they feel like there could be emergency situations that they need to get back to. So I'm always understanding of that. But even within our devices, there are systems in place that can help us to monitor those. For me, if I'm going on stage or if I'm here and I want to be with people, I just put mine in airplane mode. Yes. That way I know nothing's mm -hmm. coming in. It'll still be there. And then we're focused time to do what we need mm -hmm. to do there, but we're not looking. And unfortunately, even as you slid that phone over, I mean, you guys are managing a lot of things, so I didn't take it personally, but if you're having a conversation with someone and they're checking. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't be like, like this checking. while we're talking? <laughs> you know, so. people will say in, in presentations, they'll have their laptops up and I'm like, what am I doing wrong, right? And oh. then they'll say, well, I'm taking notes, but you know what? I sit in the back of the room a lot of times and watch. They're not taking notes. <laughs> they're on social media. You know, they're checking in for their flight. And again, all of those things are fine, but we do them so automatically without realizing that our entire nervous system is being hijacked by that and not just yours, but the people around you. So it's very contagious. If one person checks, even if it's on vibrate, if you feel the vibration, see the vibration. All, so, yeah, everyone's Pavlovian, like, what am I yeah. missing? What am I missing? So I think that's a huge, huge component is having the conversations, establishing boundaries, even expectations on when should people get back? You know, there yeah. could be certain hours of the day that I say, hey, I'm available, you know, to respond within an hour. And other times where I say it's going to be 24 hours or whatever that might look like. Now, is that part of the communication charter that it you is, mentioned? It is. And, and um, it's one of my favorite things because 
because it really goes through, if you're working with a team, each person's preferred communication styles. I mean, the challenge right now is we also have so many platforms. <laughs> so I'm like, yes. okay, I'm not doing another platform. I can't check all of those, right? <laughs> so if you really, it's kind of like one, two, three. <clears throat> Quickest one is tech. And by the way, don't actually do this. Don't text me. No. Uh, <laughs> the fastest is text. You know, second is probably email for me. And third okay. is phone call. I, I don't answer the phone unless I have an appointment or it's a family number. That's just a rule for me because I don't know. I'm, I'm not prepared. Way. I'm not. Yeah. And no. what made you decide to do that, Alex? I, I think it had to do with a lot of unnecessary phone calls. Yeah. Like we need to talk about this 10 minutes on the phone and half right. of it's you're ta- telling me about your dog. Right. You could have sent me one sentence via text. Yeah. And you don't want to be so, rude and cut people off. Yeah, but that's kind of yeah, how yeah. I feel is we're going to do the, you know, nice congeniality things that are nice to do for me. I'd rather do those in person anyway. Um, but when you need to get something done, let's just kind of get it done. And so how do you factor in generational gaps with that? So I find uh, my friends and family who are 55 and older mm-hmm. uh, are going to call me. Yeah. And if they're 20, 30 and younger, it's going to be text, like yeah. not a hundred percent, but it does seem for me to break along. If my phone rings, uh, it's my mom, it's my dad, it's a telemarketer. Right. Nine times out of 10, it's one of those three. <laughs> right. Probably so, usually the telemarketer. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it always comes down to communication because I, I agree and you're correct on that. Um, if someone calls me and requests a call back, I'll call them back. A lot of times they call me and then say, and I've sent you an email. And so a text. Like, oh, perfect. So and a LinkedIn message. But on the flip side of that, my nephew just went to college is his first year in college. And I was just thinking about it one day and realized he's called me for things he could have texted for. So the other day, I just randomly called him to see how he was doing. And then later on, I said, you know, Brady, it feels like you're more of a phone person. And he is. And that meant so much that you identified that that. I could figure that out based on his patterns. Now, we can't do that if we're running a whole organization. That's why I think the communication charter is helpful. It's like, let's sit down and let's talk about it. And ultimately, if we end up with 10 different platforms, figure out a way to pick one or two, like have a primary and a secondary, depending on what it's for. Um, But I do think it's different in generations. But I also think that if you set the expectations, that people will honor kind of your request on what that is. Okay. Yeah. I, sometimes you don't know that uh, from what you were saying earlier, that you're kind of stuck in one of these patterns. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes Either you need it pointed out to you yeah. by somebody or some event has to happen right. before yeah. a trigger really you know, knocks you in the head to say, why am I doing this? Yeah. What, what's going on? Yeah. Otherwise, you just keep getting stuck going over and over and doing the same things. Right. And there's, there's benefits to all of them. I mean, I'm thinking I'm really lucky that the relationship that I'm in, he really likes FaceTime. So he usually calls on FaceTime that just started from the beginning. And so it's nice to be able to see each other, but sometimes I don't want anyone to see me, you know, sometimes I don't want to see him, but yeah. so sometimes just the voice and, and similarly with running meetings, I mean, it's great to be able to do zoom and all these different, you know, kind of face-to-face meetings, but it requires a totally different energy level. Yes, so we does. have to be careful with that, that we're not giving people fatigue by constantly having the screen on. So within one meeting, I try to do a little bit of everything. Start with everyone, kind of check in. Okay, okay I'm going to present now. Go ahead and turn your cameras off so people feel comfortable 
comfortable doing that and can stand or stretch or whatever. But there's still always the expectation probably needs to be reinforced that we're here. So whether you're on camera or not, we really want you to bring your full and best attention here as much as you can. And if you need a break, take a break and come back. Multitasking is the enemy of all things. Yes. Wonderful. Oh, yes. Yes. It's funny you mentioned the Zoom camera. I'm doing work with a client right now. No one uses their camera. And I've been working for them for uh, seven months, eight months or so. I do not know what 90% of the people (laughs) I work with look like. Which used to be common back in the day, right? I mean, we weren't so used to this now. Um, And what's funny to me is I'll meet people that I've been talking to on Zoom for a long time, and then they'll say, wow, you're tall. (laughs) Because they've only seen this much of me, you know? Exactly. You never know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. I'm really You're glad welcome. to have you back. And yes. it was a joy to have you the first time for this yes. broadcast and the very first yeah. one ever. So. Right. Thank you. So I if, if people want to contact you, not phone call, but if they want to, <laughs> or text you, <laughs> no, but if they want to learn more about yeah. you and what you're doing, what's the best way? Uh, for them to to get in touch yeah. with you. Well, the best way is my website, which is just my name. So it's HeidiHanna.com. And there's a contact button there. But I also give people my email as long as you're not spamming me. Uh, <laughs> it's Heidi at HeidiHanna.com. Also not complicated. I like to keep things simple. So I uh, would love to hear from anyone that has questions. Absolutely. Wonderful. All Thank right. you so much for joining you're us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Enjoy Thank the rest you. of your conference. Thanks, Heidi. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fulick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome, Shane Matthew. Thank you. Good to nice see to you see at, you. 
actually, I think this is the first time meeting. In yeah, person, right? in person. Yeah. This is really a good opportunity. That's why I've come to these conferences so I can see people that I talk to on LinkedIn all the time. <laughs> LinkedIn, and uh, actually, we we've been guests on each other's podcasts too. Exactly. You know, all exactly. of us have. So yeah, exactly. you know, it's good to actually be in person for a change. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Shane, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, experienced a resilience leader over the last uh, 17 years now, uh, working in various industries, but uh, predominantly in government healthcare and in most recently in technology, worked for Zoom video communications. Uh, and then in the last few months, I've actually been doing my own personal consulting freelance, working with different clients and some variety of different uh, groups that I've been now have been able to be be able to call my clients now. So it's been exciting. Uh, so most recently I've been doing that. Fantastic. Now, you, believe it or not, have cropped up a couple of times when we've been talking you with other guests. You are the most famous no way, person really? in yes. this conference. Is it good? <laughs> Everyone oh, yes. has said, did you go to Shane's <laughs> a session on AI? No way. And I said, no, because we've been chained to we've the booth. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, though, you have been talked about more than anyone else. Oh, exciting. Here. Yes. Congratulations exciting. on that. So we'd love to, you know, hear a little bit about what you talked about yeah. and what got the audience so fired up. Yeah. So I talked about uh, AI and business resilience. So basically what I did was I walked people through the concept of what AI is today, what it looks like in terms of how they're built the way models are designed and gave everybody kind of a, just an introductory lesson in that. And then I kind of talked through what are the, some of the common available tools today. Uh, par particularly people know about ChatGPT. It's a language learning model. And so that, as well as Google and other companies like Meta are making a lot of these tools available to the public. And so then I started to think through, well, what are um, some of the other AI tools, because beyond language learning, there's a lot of other options for businesses, right? So we talked about uh, how they're made, but also some of the challenges. For example, ChatGPT, anything you put into that little cursor is going into the cloud. And therefore, you have to be really careful about what kind of proprietary data that you have at your fingertips that you're putting into the system. So we talked about that. But then I also started to show people how AI tools to, uh, in the near future are coming that have uh, a variety of interesting options for resilience. So things like, uh, you know, data analysis. How many times have we sat in front of a large uh, spreadsheet of BIA data and then oh. you're just like, what do I do with this? <laughs> so having AI being able to analyze that is, is coming as well as threat intelligence, supply chain optimization, resource allocation in the midst of emergency, not having to deal with even communications because an AI bot is building a a uh, press release for you. That's what's coming. And there's a lot of actually uh, vendors that are building tools uh, right now that are integrating tools. But then at the end, I spent time talking about ChatGPT in particular, because I think there's an amazing capability for tools like that to build some of the tenant stuff that we do. So a tabletop exercise was one of those uh, and showing how it can actually craft a scenario and injects and cut your design time from four or five hours down to like three or four minutes. It's pretty impressive what it can do and how robust they are now. And also data analysis and, and how ChatGPT is now starting to uh, develop mechanisms for you to input data into it. And it starts to make actual recommendations based on what it sees. So I know that's a long-winded answer, but ultimately that's the, uh, the, the steps. And, and so we got started getting a lot of questions because people were just like, first of all, they didn't understand how it works. It was good for them to understand that. But then secondly, 
they were really impressed with the capability of language learning models today and what's coming in, in our industry in the future. What are some of the challenges that people were bringing forward uh, either during the session or that you're mm -hmm. aware of that they have with AI or maybe even the misconceptions about AI? Yeah, I think the big challenge right now is data privacy. Um, so, you know, you work for a company, some companies are shutting off ChatGPT completely yeah. from the access of their person personnel, right? And I completely understand why. Um, so data security is there. Uh, and so some people raise that question. Then also the concept of, uh, has anybody developed a policy around how a company should use AI? And so that's the types of stuff that people are questioning. Uh, one cool thing, though, is that I've read that Microsoft uh, Azure is, is creating its own business-oriented ChatGPT model. So that way it can be dedicated to your business. And then that way uh, you have your data in, in an enclosed, secure environment as opposed to being in the broader uh, data model. So those are some of the questions. Until that gets hacked. <laughs> now I only have to hack one thing of your system. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, definitely people were curious. And I think that was really the point of doing this presentation was that I, I was reading all about it in other industries. And I was like, well, why wouldn't it apply to us? I, in fact, one of the things I really realized was this, that, you know, AI is forward thinking, predictive capability, kind of look at the data and say, this is where we see it going. That's what we do, right? That's what we anticipate emergency scenario planning. That's so why isn't there like a marriage right off the bat in our two industry, in our two areas, right? Do you think there's fear with AI using it? Because let's face it, you might as well just say the elephant in the room. People are fearing AI mm. because they think they're going to lose their jobs. So yeah, that, that's one quote that I, uh, several people have said in my presentation was a big one, which is AI is not going to take your job. Somebody who can master AI may give you a run for the money. So I think we all need to not be scared of exploring it and really understanding it and being the leader of implementation in our organization rather than just sitting back and saying, I'm just going to keep my head buried in the sand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I always have to ask a question completely unrelated to okay. throw both Alex and the guests off. Of course. So it's my understanding that the hottest second in town today <laughs> is the happy hour you are doing with Sean Watson yeah. at 430 Today? Yeah, well, it's it's, a, it's five o'clock today. Five yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. That's okay. Got to okay. knock three times and have a secret password. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What you know, uh, a non-software vendor hosting anything, yeah, is rather unusual at a conference. Absolutely. So tell me about how this 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 came together. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to sell anything right now. I'm, my consulting is, is is really going well for me, and so I'm just you know, really enjoy networking. And that's what part of the reason I come to conferences like this. Um, but what I notice is that if I'm not buying anything, then I don't get invited to many meals on Tuesday night. And I figured that there were, there were quite a few other people that probably share that same sentiment. So it was just a spur of the moment thing, which if you're a member of my LinkedIn community, you'll you should understand a lot of it spur of the moment what I post. So, so that was just a, like, hey, if you have no plans, let's go grab a drink together, you know. And and then uh, Sean reached out because he was like, you know what, I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time. Would you be willing to partner together? And so that's what we're doing. So and now all the vendors hate you. So you have that going for you. Hey, you know what? If they no, hate you, me, they'll <laughs> try sneak in for the free drink. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, it's like oh the. 
people are going to, to Shane's happy hour instead of getting in a locked room where I can beat people over the head until they <laughs> So buy that's why I, I did not want to, you know, hurt any vendors' prospects. So that's what we created the happy hour concept. Mm -hmm. So that way people can come and visit and then they can take off and go to other events if they've been uh, invited. But yeah, it's, it's actually a very uh, um, small space that we have. So we, we ask people to kind of tell us in advance so we could find the right room uh, here. So it, it's going to be cool though, I think, because it's just something like, again, no, no sales pitch within our confines of our discussions. It's an opportunity. Some people are coming just because man, you know, they just want to talk to other people that are in the field and, and meet some people they may not have been able to do just by coming to this large gathering. You know, some people are just naturally introverts. And so being uh, in those environments, it's, it's not, they're not accustomed to maybe going and saying, and so if I can facilitate those conversations, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those introverts. Are you? Know? I cannot believe no that. One, no We're one doing a live broadcast right now. And he's a, no, you're not. No one ever believes me. How many podcasts really have am. you done? 80,000? <laughs> over 700. Okay. That you have crossed the introvert yeah, line. I, well, see, okay. I will say that my <laughs> wife is like Alex and that she can turn it on and be an extrovert, but then that switch comes off and she needs the recharging time. So is, I, I totally get that. That is me. When it's over, okay, now I got to get away. <laughs> you, know, you know, and I'll even speaking on the stage, you know, I'm may come across as an extrovert but as soon as i'm done no i'm going to stand by the side at the back corner yeah. to watch like just i tell you that well stay away james is not like that tension whore so I, <laughs> bring me all the spotlight i'll take it <laughs> i will take it and yes that's the first time i think i've used that word on our broadcast but yeah no i, I love the spotlight uh so i'm happy to take it so no, I understand. I understand. Now, I know you talked mm -hmm. about AI and some of the challenges. Um, and I know you've done lots of other things, too, because we've had other conversations, yeah. all three of us. What do you see being here and talking with some people that are maybe one of the top two challenges that seem to be facing our industry right now? Um, that's a good question. I think, you know, we're entering into a time economically that the the business environment is very challenging for for, uh, for for parts of the business that don't produce revenue, okay? I, I can speak from from experience strongly that, uh, you know, if you, you're working for a company, it's exciting at the beginning, and then something hits and you're just, you see a downward interest spiral. <laughs> so, you know. Usually that probation period ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're entering into that space. So my, my suggestion is, is uh, or my challenge that I would say, let's start to think through is, you know, start to build relationships if you, if you don't have them yet in the, in the business, but also outside of the business, right? This is an opportunity like DRJ, but even on LinkedIn. I mean, like uh, 2015, that ha happened to me. I got laid off. And from that point forward, I was like, you know what? I had no way to get a job except through by the grace of God. And so I was like, this time I'm going to make sure that I'm not so isolated. And so, exactly. you know, that was really a big, it, it took some time, but that was something I'd say is we're challenged as an industry because we just, we naturally understand why this is important and what we're doing is important, but we're so focused on helping the business that we don't think about helping ourselves sometimes. And I think that's a challenge that the industry needs to really overcome quickly. That's another thing that's cropped up a few times, hasn't it? Right from Heidi's presentation yesterday, mm -hmm. a couple of people to yesterday that we talked to, a couple of people today have all said that same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, look, 
we, we need to start working on ourselves yeah you know, as well as we are trying to work on our organizations right i i think another challenge i will add in there though is also being open to innovation i mean right now we've been in the industry i've been in the industry for 17 years and and uh I think I'm seeing similar things that I saw when I first got here. And so thinking outside the box and saying, hey, we're okay with adapting. That's why this whole AI thing was so, I think, resonated with people is because it's, it's, it's a little bit of change and, and not necessarily taking on the traditional tasks on our own shoulders, but outsourcing it a bit with a tool like AI. And so that way we can concentrate on some of the other things. I think that's really the first key step for all of us. That's an interesting way of putting it, outsourcing some of that. Yeah. bits of pieces you know by using ai yeah to, absolutely to, because we outsource to help us anyway sure so why not outsource a little bit a couple of things that can help us as well yeah i know my mom uh whenever i was telling her that uh, my daughter's using a, a computer and internet searches for school she's like don't they need to memorize things anymore and i was yeah. like well no, because the data today available at our fingertips with microprocessors being able to just like that give us, the, you know, there's don't use your brain power for that. Use your brain power to process the information differently. Like, so I had kind of walked through that. And I think we have to think that way in the same way here. You know, yeah, we could go out and get questionnaires done and, and gather so much data. Yeah. But now I think we need to start moving that aside and saying, what can we do with information that we gather you know, how can we show dividends with the investment people are making in our programs? Yeah, sometimes I think, you know, we gather so much data, it becomes like an asset management task. <laughs> and then we only use a couple of bits of it. You yeah. know, so it's like people that gave you all that information look at you and kind of, well, why the heck did I give all that information right. to you if you're not even using it? No, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. <clears throat> so since you're the AI guru <laughs> now at DRJ, <laughs> come DRJ spring. Sure. Will Alex have replaced me with a chatbot on the broadcast? Or will he have replaced me with a chatbot? <laughs> I mean, the, the jury's still out on which one. But do y'all remember uh, Max Hedrome from back yes, in the 80s? I do. Yes. I can envision one of y'all being uh, the Max Hedrome, meaning like, you know, have side by side an additional character I, there. And we could do a Halloween broadcast. Yeah, we could totally, do that one. Yeah. I would totally do a Max Hedrome broadcast. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm, I don't know how our sponsors and partners would feel about yeah, that. Yeah, there might be some challenge there. We might have to go. No green screen for that one. <laughs> Shane, great chat, chatting with you. Yeah, if absolutely. people want to talk to you, like if they have questions about yeah. AI or you know they or anything else, because you know you are a wealth of knowledge, they want to reach out. How best to find you? So there's a couple of ways to do it: um, LinkedIn, Shane Matthew. You know, it's an easy way to add, and I'm always trying to uh, help as much as I can uh, through that platform. My website stonerisksconsulting.com, and on there right now, I've got uh, some free AI tools that I've created that I think will help people, like a, a prompt engineering guide, as well as a tabletop design and chat GPT guide. So people can go and download those informations and always communicate through me through that. Um, more than happy to help any way I can. Awesome. That's great. Well, thanks very much, yeah. Shane. Great to finally meet you face to face. Yes, same here. You know, same here. So many Zoom chats. And I know. Everything else. I know. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Yep. yep. Thanks so much. All right. Enjoy Take the care. rest of uh, DRJ. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. 
Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.